You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Happy Monday to you. It's me, Jason McIntyre, and Jeff Schwartz, former NFL offensive lineman, filling in for Dan Patrick and company. Ah, Jeff, it was a phenomenal week 16 in the NFL, though you could pretty much say that every Monday morning, right? You can, but there are some weekends where the games just aren't as good, but that wasn't the case this past weekend, and the playoff implication, there were 20, Jason, there were 27 teams that still had a chance to make the playoffs entering this weekend, and there's about 28 of those in the AFC right now. Like It, it is a fun time to watch the NFL. Yeah, man. Uh, Jeff, so many places to start. We could start with Dallas. And the Super Bowl-bound Dallas Cowboys, I mean, Dak Prescott is back. Jeff, the one awesome thing about the NFL that almost every week happens, you know, you feel like you have a good read on a team and they're really struggling and they can't do this, that, and the other, and then boom, they turn it around. Josh Allen, of course, and (laughs) Dak Prescott, of course. But how about this one, Jeff? Matt Stafford and the Rams are rolling. They go into Minnesota, it's like, well, Stafford, they got it figured out, Rams looking good, and... I mean, did you watch Stafford throw three picks? Arguably his worst game of the season. Jeff, two of them deep in his own end. Uh, There's some teams, we're we're 16 weeks into the season, I still can't figure them out. This is why people do not like me on social media, at Jeff Schwartz. (laughs) I I mean, people do like me, but the reason why is because I tend to look at things from a big picture, right? So one weekend, one game typically doesn't change the way I feel about a team. Example, Dallas, right? Yes, They played much better, but they played a Washington team that was fighting on the sidelines with each other, right? Like, I need a couple more weeks of this, Dallas. I need a few more weeks of this, right? Matt Stafford, he's the same guy he's always been. Yes, they're playing better football lately. They've won four in a row, but who have they beaten? Seattle, Minnesota, Jacksonville. Like, okay, I I get it. You've won some games. You've won some games, but Stafford continues to make these errors, right? So what's going to change when the games matter more? Is Stafford just not going to make these errors when the games matter more? Probably not likely, right? So for the Cowboys, getting back to them, I was I had high hopes on them this season. They come out fast. They look good. Dak hurts his calf. And ever since then, he's not been as good. He played better yesterday. It's a very good time. Their defense, when healthy, is outstanding. They rush the passer, and they force turnovers. They are a defense coupled with a good offense, they can they can get to the Super Bowl. No no doubt about it. Now they have the Cardinals, who are just leaking oil right now, oh, and finish geez. with the Eagles. So if I see them, especially this weekend against Arizona, whose defense is still good. Offensively, they're a wreck. But if Dallas does this again this weekend, then I would feel more comfortable. Because then probably week 18, they're probably going to rest. There's no reason to play the Eagles in that game when you have a playoff game the following week. So, yes, the Dallas did the right thing. They, they blew out a bad team. That's one thing, too, Jason. Look, we, people will always say, oh, they blew out a bad team. Well, that's what good teams do, right? Yeah. They, they blow out bad teams. And Dallas took it to them last night. There were 25 minutes left in that game. And I looked, I looked at my clock, and I was like, wow, it's 41-7. to There's still 25 minutes. Like they, they dominated the entire yeah. game, blocked a punt in the second half as well. So Dallas did what they had to do. It's a good sign to see that offense look more familiar. Yeah, nice flex by Kellen Moore, right? Hey, guys, I'm going to throw a touchdown pass to a running back, a tight end, a receiver, oh, and an offensive lineman. Yeah. Just to show uh, you guys I still am in my bag. I don't know, Jeff. Kellen Moore looks like he's ready to be a head coach. <laughs> Just based on what he's done now, where it gets interesting is Jerry Jones loves him and does not want to lose him 
McCarthy has been solid this year. But uh, I do want to talk about that Redskin, uh, sorry, Washington football team fight on the sidelines. So, Jeff, I grew up in the D.C. area. I was born in New York. That's why I'm a Jets fan. I know you guys love the Jets. But I grew up in the D.C. area, and the Washington, at the time, Redskins, were everybody's favorite team. And everybody would go around singing uh, Hail to the Redskins. It was, you know, Washington was the team. But, Jeff, I've never been one of those guys to follow the crowd. And I've always said, like, oh, uh, you know, cargo shorts are in. Well, screw cargo shorts. I want nothing to do with them. (laughs) So I just was like, no thank you to Washington. And I'd never liked them. But, of course, you know, now they have a crappy owner and nobody likes them, not even the local fans. But those two guys, the former Alabama teammates, Payne and Allen, going at it on the sideline. I got to say, listen, I've, I've worked in TV out here in L.A. for six years. I've seen teammates nearly go to bullos, but never an actual punch thrown. Jeff, you ever see anything like that in all your time in the NFL on the sidelines or in a locker room? Uh, I've seen, well, I, I was in 2008 as a rookie. Steve Smith uh, got in a, a fight in training camp. Right, oh. with, uh, yeah. Now, I was a rookie, so I don't remember much of that. Because was that when, when he broke the guy's face in the film yeah. room? No, it was on the practice field. Oh, practice field, um, okay. And, like, you know, you, you're just, um, as a rookie, your head's just in the sand. I don't remember nothing. But it happened. Look, we've had guys and coaches get into it before. We've seen players and coaches not throw punches, but, you know, yell and scream at each other. Um it was just two guys, I'm, and I'm, I'm sure that, that that they are friendly. Obviously, they they play together. They're Alabama grads. Um, it did feel like something had boiled over to that moment. And look, if you put your finger in someone's face like that and on their temple on their head, you're gonna get swung at. And it just it's it's two grown men talking things out on a football field. Emotions are always high. It's why I dislike taunting penalties. Um, and they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Yeah, I don't know about this year, though. But listen, remember how, you know, again, with the NFL and the overreactions, Washington had like a good three or four week run after Chase Young went down. And they were like, well, this defense is better without Chase Young, kind of. And now here they are giving up 56 to Dallas, although it was a short week for Washington. And sure. that, you know, that's, that's not a good excuse. They're fighting on the sideline. Like, I mean, that that was as ugly as it's gotten. And uh, I don't know, Ron Rivera, you think he survives? I, I think it's yeah. not too early yes. to start uh, about start talking about coaches and the hot seat. Ron Rivera, well, you're saying is good. He's good. Now, remember, the NFL changed the rules. Today is the first day teams without coaches can start interviewing coaches. They changed that rule now to allow coordinators, really love playoff teams, to start getting interviewed. So if you are... The Raiders, if you're Jacksonville, you can get a start on your interviews of active coaches today. Um, and so that might change what we see with kind of a Black Monday. Maybe Matt Nagy is, is on. Now they won yesterday, probably not going anywhere. But, you know, there was an opportunity for some for some coaches to uh, to to get, get the axe yesterday or today. Um, no, Rivera's safe. He's totally safe. They have to figure out quarterback, right? And this is the thing about the NFL is no matter how good your team is playing at a certain point in the season, and there's ups and downs, it's an 18-week season now, obviously, it comes down to quarterback play, right? And when you handicap the rest of the season, it's can you win with X quarterback in the playoffs? And Tyler Heineke, for as good as he played this year, for the story that he is, he's never going to be good enough. And it's the way the NFL is. I was never good enough to be a pro bowler, right? It's just the way the NFL is. You have a talent. Your talent gets capped somewhere. And he's just good. He's a good backup, right? Like He's the guy you want if, if, if your quarterback's out for two or three weeks. You put him in the game. He runs. He makes enough good throws. He does enough good things. Great. But like... 
He's not a starting quarterback for your team if you want to have serious playoff aspirations. Washington has to find a quarterback, whether that is in the draft, which is not the great year for that, Jason, whether it's free agency, which again is hard to find a quarterback in free agency, whether it's trading for Deshaun Watson, whether it's trading for another quarterback. That's that's why Rivera will keep his job, but also they have to find a quarterback. Yeah, that's the problem. Like it, it, easier said than done, right? Like um, of course it is. Matt Rule in Carolina, we're your neck of the woods. Matt Rule, we'll talk about his Jay-Z quote in a moment, which I kind of love. Um, But, you know, Matt Rule had Teddy Bridgewater last year. And Bridgewater, you know, the wheels fell off. He's very limited uh, late in the season. And now here he is struggling with, uh, you know, the shell of Cam Newton that he once was slash Sam Darnold, who wasn't seeing ghosts, but uh, also was struggling once again. And it's like, well, do they have any chance in Carolina if they can't find a quarterback? And you look at the draft, and I know you're not keen on it, Jeff, but we do know this. Every year, some NFL GM, some coach talks himself into a quarterback oh, in the top five. Uh, if you can find odds on will a quarterback go in the top five, you want to hammer. <laughs> a quarterback will go in the top five. Should he is a different question. But I don't know. I'll float this guy who we saw vomit over all over himself Thursday night, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, he is a very solid quarterback. I would take him over Bridgewater. I would take yeah. him over Darnold. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have suitors. And frankly— Jeff, at this point, I'd take Jimmy Garoppolo over Baker Mayfield who oh, yeah. in Cleveland is, I mean, he's on the quarterback hot seat. But what do you make of Jimmy Garoppolo? This is a guy who could end up, I mean, Pittsburgh's going to need a quarterback. We saw yeah. Ben washed. Oh, Roethlisberger once again looked terrible. Um, I don't know. What's your early read on Garoppolo? All right, so here's the way I feel about Garoppolo. I think Jared Goff is in the same category, probably Baker to, 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 to some extent. Um, you know, they're viable starting quarterbacks in the NFL. But what sets apart Super Bowl champions, and that's the goal of you, right, to win a Super Bowl championship, is is being able to do the extra, right? Being able to make the plays, either within the structure of the offense where you have to do something special, make a special throw, or outside the structure of the offense where we've seen Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes and even to an extent Tom Brady make plays year over year over year. And you have in those big moments when you have to do a little extra, those guys have the extra. And when things are going great, Jimmy Garoppolo does have that. And look at Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, they make good throws. They make big throws every now and then, but it's not consistent, right? And when things are going well, as we saw with Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff in back-to-back years in the Super Bowl years that Rams and Niners had, when things are going well, they're fine. But here's the difference. In the Super Bowl, the Niners played the Chiefs. I was there in Miami. My brother played on the Chiefs. It was a ton of fun to be there at the game. Only Super Bowl I've ever been at. The energy, it was fantastic. There were two throws in that game where Jimmy Garoppolo made the wrong decision or a bad pass. There was a third and six. We've known this many times, right? Third and six. He kittle wide open. It's who the plays for. He throws to Sanders incomplete. Then we saw the deep pass to Sanders. He missed. Those are two throws that when you Super Bowl, and those are two throws that about seven quarterbacks, maybe less the NFL make, right? Rodgers makes those throws. Mahomes, Brady, obviously. Uh, Russell Wilson probably makes those throws. Now, maybe not this version of Russell Wilson. Um, who else in the NFL makes those throws? Uh, I'm trying to get out of my head. Okay, can I, we toss I, Josh Allen in there or no? Um, Yesterday he made those throws. Good, good, good Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yesterday he did. But not a lot of quarterbacks make those throws. And those are the difference between Jimmy Garoppolo winning the Super Bowl and Pat Mahomes, who on you know three-jet wasp made those throws, right? So it's a small margin between good and great. And Jimmy Garoppolo's good. Good quarterback. And so what happens is if you're Kyle Shanahan or you're any coach, you think to yourself, okay, we know what we're getting with Jimmy Garoppolo. If we get everything else right, we have a chance. And so that 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 idea of the hope is what teams will cling to 
when it comes to Garoppolo. And, you know, again, he he's good. Is he great? Not all the time. Sometimes he's really good. But he makes too many mistakes. And so that's why, that's why teams gravitate themselves towards a Jimmy Garoppolo because you, you, you know what you're getting. You can be great. If everything around him is great, good. If it's not, then your team's probably not going to get anyways. Yeah, it's it's very tough to handicap um, teams without a quarterback. But as as you noted, Garoppolo did go to a Super Bowl. Yes, I'm aware he threw like eight passes in the NFC Championship game, a beatdown of the Packers. But uh, I, I'm a believer in Garoppolo. I know I'm probably one of the few guys that does believe. I don't know if he could do it in Carolina, but if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm definitely making yeah. a move for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's got to be the number one target. Um, well, is he better well, than any I mean, quarterback coming out of the college right now um, for the first year or two? Probably. Uh, I, I'm not a believer in Pickett, but we'll get to that later. I think, Jeff, overwhelmingly, though, my biggest takeaway, and I opened my my Straight Fire podcast with this, is the Kansas City Chiefs are, you know, some teams peak early, the Arizona Cardinals 7-0. But it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And right now, there is no better team in the league than Kansas City. A lot of Green Bay Packer fans are going to hit me on Twitter. Jason, come on, the Packers have the best record, Lafleur. Give me In any playoff game, give me Andy Reid over Lafleur. It's not even close. Chiefs are on fire. Jeff, since Week 10, undefeated. The defense is on lockdown. Uh, no Travis Kelsey. Oh, I'll just throw the ball to Byron Pringle. Uh, the defense and the offense combined right now are are leading the Chiefs to, I believe, number one spot in the NFL, and they have to be Super Bowl favorites. I don't even know who the second best team is in the A. Who challenges them? Maybe the Colts. Um, maybe no, the Bills. No, they have a bad quarterback. Stop with the Colts stuff. I, I mean, who who is it then? Who challenges the Chiefs? It's, Somebody's got to push them. It, it's Buffalo. If, if we get Josh Allen that we had yesterday. That 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 player is hard to stop. I mean, he he made some great throws yesterday. It's that that's who it is. If Josh Allen is going to play like that, it's Buffalo. Yeah, that Josh Allen uh, Chiefs game where the Chiefs just got destroyed by Buffalo in I think it was a rainstorm right back in like yeah, October. But they, uh, yeah, they lost uh, thirty eight to twenty. Um, the Chiefs team is different now. This is why the NFL. It's such a long season, guys, and you you, you it's really hard to look at games early in the season and say that's going to happen again. Because if Tennessee or Buffalo, who they lost to, the Ravens, come to Kansas City in, in the postseason, come on. Chiefs are favored by, by four to seven to nine, ten points. Yeah, I'm looking at that box score from the 38-20 Bills game. Uh, it doesn't look like Chris Jones even played. I don't know. He had, a, he, had a, he had a wrist injury in that game. They did they not were, have Melvin Ingram. And they were still playing that, that man coverage a bunch. Um, Sorensen was playing a lot. <laughs> still. You know, look, I, I tried to warn everyone. I know I'm a Chiefs homer. I'm a Chiefs fan. I get that. But I tried to warn everyone. They were three and four, and they haven't lost since then. And I tried to warn everyone. I was like, guys, look, they're, they're too talented and too smart of a coaching staff to suck all season. Like the idea that a couple bad games all of a sudden they're just they don't know how to coach or play anymore was utterly ridiculous to me. Spags made changes and they're a different team now. Yeah, I I just I can't make a really a strong case for the Bills cuz without their top cornerback they're going to be in big time trouble. Tredavious White, they haven't missed him yet. Listen, you're not going to face him when you're playing in uh, a windstorm in uh Buffalo. You're not going to miss Tredavious White when you're playing against Mac Jones, like they haven't been tested. Pat Mahomes will test them. I, I just, I, I actually think Indy, and again, it's less about the quarterback, Jeff. It's more about the coach. I like Frank Reich a lot. And as of right now, it looks like Cincinnati is going to meet Indianapolis in the first round of the playoffs. 
That's a hell of a game. And I know people are going to talk themselves into Burrow and offense. I just want to remind people, Frank Reich versus Zach Taylor. Jeff, are you a Zach Taylor guy? <laughs> um, no, I think the Bengals um, a little are a little overinflated after they've dominated the Ravens. Yeah, twice I already bet the Chiefs this week against before that four and a half. Yeah, before that, um, you know they, they'd scored 15, 22, and twenty three. I think in the, in the three previous weeks, they just have a thing with, and the Ravens are so beat up. Right, they're they're, they're just they're 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 beat up. Let's think about the Colts. Look, so. You're, people that are just out of their mind. I saw someone put the Colts third as their third best team in the NFL right now. NFL? Yeah, look. Oh, that's here's the strange. thing. Is that if we're projecting the playoffs, we're talking about obviously who's going to win the AFC and the NFC. The Colts are, are going to be the five seed they're, or six. Like They're not winning the division, right? Tennessee just has to win one more game down the stretch. And they have, I think, Dolphins and Texans. And they win the division. So the Colts are going to be the five seed. They're going to play the Bengals, and maybe they have to go to play Kansas City week in, in the divisional round. Who knows? But it's hard, Jason, for me to think that Carson Wentz, the way he plays against the Bengals, Chiefs, Bills, Titans, whoever it is, and make a Super Bowl. It's yes, not going to happen. Yeah. Super Bowl is no, no, a bit of a reach. But so, so, Jeff, real quick, and we're going to go to break here. We'll come back with uh, more NFL chatter. I am curious. After the Chiefs. You have the Bills as the second best team in the AFC because as of the as of right now the standings are Titans two, Bengals three, Bills four, Colts five, Patriots six, Ravens seven. That Ravens will not stay at seven. There's too many injuries. Um, no, they won't stay. And the Dolphins win tonight. The Dolphins are seven. Um, you know Tennessee's so beat up. I, I really don't know how they continue to do this. I mean, the Vrabel deserves a lot of credit for this. Um, they're, they're playing some good football, and obviously, if the Chiefs lose one game, uh, the, the the Titans have uh, have the tiebreaker, and they're the one seed. Um, but we've kind of seen the Titans, right? Like, w- what sets them apart this year from previous teams they've had? Like, the Chiefs look like the Chiefs we've seen the last three years. What 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 about the Titans? would get you excited they would beat the Chiefs this time around. All their numbers are built up with having Derrick Henry early in the season. Uh, A.J. Brown having him back is nice, but this is a fraudulent team. All right, coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show, we'll go to the NFC. Who's the best team? Who you got? Packers? Cowboys? That's next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Remember, the compact GLA Mercedes-Benz proves it's not the size of the SUV in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the SUV. Learn more about the nimble and ready-for-anything Mercedes-Benz vehicle at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Back here on the Dan Patrick Show, I'm Jason McIntyre. He is Jeff Schwartz. We're in for Dan Patrick and company. Jeff, I got to say, I did have about an hour on Sunday where I was absolutely devastated. I was in a Survivor League this year. I do the Survivors every year. I've won a couple, but never a pool this big. Jeff, 2,468 people. I was one of 20 left. The pot over $123,000, and I had the Chargers. Oh, and no. And Jeff, I, I, listen, 12 other people had the Chargers. And my, I mean, like, listen, the, the Texans had nine starters on defense out. 
the line steamed up on Sunday from 10.5 to 13. We talked about like, this yesterday, yeah. I, I, I mean, this is, listen, we know the Chargers love to do that thing called chargering, but remember, a few weeks ago, they were hosting the Giants, and they were big favorites, and everybody's like, oh, we can't touch the Chargers, this is where they let down, and they rolled by like a million. They were up like 30 to 7 or whatever, and I just watched the Chargers closely on Sunday, and Jeff, I have to say, I, I mean, I knew the run defense was bad, but they let Rex Burkhead, I thought he was out of the league, by the way. They let him go for a buck fifty, and that's one of those games where I love Justin Herbert. I like watching him, but when you lose a game to the Texans, you let him average like six point eight yards per play. I mean, the Texans punted once. I, this is not a team I can believe in in the AFC. Jeff, uh, L.A. Chargers. Oh my gosh. No, I, and I thought they would be. There was a stat I saw. I, I should have saved it, but something like Justin Herbert was the most efficient success rate in the pocket this season of like any quarterback in a single game and yet they obviously lost the game like it was the most chargering we've ever seen the chargers do i mean it was oh man and, and look you can make a case this is a very a very collegiate feel to it right you, you play that big home game right against your rival and there's a lot of hype in that game and you lose and the next weekend you just come out flat right that happens a lot in college football doesn't happen a lot in the NFL. Yeah. Where, I mean, not to that extent. Plus, it was on a Thursday. So you, yeah, had, so you had all this time, time off. But it, just, it felt very much like that, right? Like, we gave it our all against the Chiefs. They should have won that game against Kansas City. They did not. Not that our season's over, but the emotional letdown. And it's worth pointing out, and, and we're, we're going to talk a lot about this week as, as the week gets going. Jason, I know we have a c- couple of our Fox Bet Live shows later in the week. I'm going to mention this many times when it comes to Bengals and Chiefs. Because it, you, you have to learn how to handle success in this league and failure in this league, right? And teams that are new to that have trouble with the success part especially, right? So look at the Chargers, right? They're playing good football. We're, we're hyping them up. We're hyping the coach up. You know, we, we, Brandon Staley, I like, right? He, he says the right things. He does the right things. They get Kansas City at home on a Thursday night, the biggest Thursday night game Biggest AFC West game in probably five years, right? As the Chiefs, Mitch Holtus, the radio voice, said on the Travis Kelsey game winning touchdown. And, and you build yourself up for that and you lose that game. It's hard when you're not used to that feeling of, of having success and then not getting that success of then dealing with that, right? Like it takes a year to learn how to do that. It takes a year, and the Bengals are this way. They've been this way this entire season. It takes a year to figure out how to deal with success. The Bengals, I think, I'll say this right now, are going to lose by 10 to 14 points against Kansas City. They're not ready for this moment yet. Every time this season, they've been ready for the big game. They got they lost the Jets, right? They lost to uh, uh, um, the Browns. They got blown by the Browns. And then all of a sudden, they're back in the AFC North hunt. The Chargers beat them. The Niners beat them again. It takes time to learn how to be a yeah. winner and learn how to deal with the emotions of winning and losing the NFL, especially when you're a young team. And the Chargers are new to this, right? They have a, a second-year quarterback. Yeah, it's a tough one. Tough one, Jeff. All right, uh, let's welcome in our guest here, Brad Spielberger, pro football Focus NFL analyst. Brad, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Uh, you know, I've been better. Chargers really screwed me in Survivor, but uh, <laughs> I, I digress. Let's move on. Hey, Brad, I, I got to start with probably the biggest surprise of Sunday. The Dallas Cowboys dropping 56 on Washington. They scored in almost every way imaginable. Defensive touchdown, special teams. The offense was a machine. You know, can this team really get to the Super Bowl, Brad? Uh, the only team standing between them has to be the Packers, right? 
Yeah, you know, I think all year long as you watch this team, you thought if they can get Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, even guys like Neville Gallimore back healthy on this defensive line and can dominate in the trenches on both sides of the ball, then they can beat anyone. And yes, Green Bay still looks good, continues to win football games, and probably will be hosting in Green Bay. But I think Dallas might be, with some of the injuries happening to Tampa, Dallas might be the best team left outside of the Packers in the NFC. Mm. But we, we have to see more consistency from Dak, right? I mean, we, we saw he started fast. He's kind of faded. His EPA been way down. Now, yesterday was good. We, we have to see it a couple more weeks, right, to really believe that Dak is kind of back from that calf injury. You know, I do think that calf injury was getting underplayed a bit. He really didn't play well for about four, five, six weeks there. But also, not that he's necessarily a running quarterback, but I think he saw hesitancy from him to leave the pocket really at all. Just wasn't really scrambling, wasn't looking to make plays with his legs. And I think part of that was because that was kind of nagging him. But, yeah, yesterday, I mean, 320 passing yards in the first half was a top 10 result of the decade, um, you know, in terms of just total yards in a first half. One of the most dominant performances I think I've seen in a very long time. Brad, I look at this a team like the Cincinnati Bengals, and it appears that they're on the cusp of going worst to first, worst in the division to first place. That seems to happen every year in the league. However, should we be cautioning folks, hey, listen, this team is a little suspect on defense. They definitely struggle to face good offenses, and oh, guess what? In the postseason, they're going to have to face a good offense. Are, are the Cincinnati Bengals a little overvalued after Joe Burrow threw for 500 yards against the Ravens. Yeah, I think that's a fair you know question question to have. They have some tough losses this year. I mean, the Chicago Bears dominated them up front. Um, that's obviously you know a long time ago now, but but they still are pretty weak on the interior of that offensive line. I believe Riley Reef, their right tackle, is out now with an injury as well. So definitely still some question marks there. But as you said, if you get a hot Joe Burrow and those three receivers going, it looks like they can score points with anyone. It might come down to that defense. So, the, if if the Bengals uh, lose to the Chiefs and the Browns, I believe they have the uh, the series this weekend. The Browns win that game. It comes down to Bengals and Browns for the uh, the AFC North. I believe that's the, my math is correct. There are, are the Browns good enough if healthy, if kind of everyone's back to win the last two games and win the AFC North. So here's a little note for you: is that right now, if you wanted to bet the Browns to win the AFC North, just a future. It's plus 600 right now at DraftKings. And so if you wanted to bet that, you could basically say, look, if they win this week and the Bengals lose, then that game in week 18 will be for the division, and you might basically get a plus 600 flyer on, on Brown's money line in theory on that game. So, so yeah, I think they are. I think they need to get healthy, play some good football. I mean, they threw that game away against the Green Bay Packers, but really could have and arguably should have won that game. I think they will handle Pittsburgh. Will not be an easy victory, you know, in Pittsburgh. But I do. I still think they are alive and, and have a real shot. Uh, Brad, this it's so funny. I didn't even realize this. The Browns are currently twelfth in the AFC. The Bengals are third. Yet you guys just laid out a scenario where the Browns win the division. I, I, I don't know. Adding a seventeenth game, Brad. You know, got a lot of criticism. Oh, the, the players are already you know banged up enough. This is not good. I don't know, man. It seems like there's so many teams available to the playoffs this late that adding a 17th game is a huge win for the NFL. Yeah, the combination of that and reducing the amount of teams with a bye down to just one team now getting a bye means that basically every team has to play all the way through Week 18. I mean, obviously Jeff can speak to, I'm sure it's not you know looked on favorably by players, but from an entertainment standpoint and from every single week mattering all the way through the year, uh, I mean, yeah, you, you, can't, you can't argue with those results. 
Uh, sticking in, in the AFC, um, obviously the Kansas City turnaround has, has been impressive. It does feel like this is the 2019 version of this team, right? We saw 2019, the defense just continue to improve. Offensively, it feels like they're finding their start. I was pretty impressed yesterday without Travis Kelsey, what, what Pat Mahomes was able to do. Which team in the AFC can stop them in the playoffs if the Chiefs have the, uh, the bye? You know, they are starting to look like that, that same club again, and I really do think the rest of the AFC has just not been particularly impressive. Obviously, some of those teams are decimated with injury, and I think I would still point to Buffalo, you know, who, who I picked to win the Super Bowl before the season began and, and now could potentially. I think they have the Falcons and the Jets at home the last two weeks, so they should win the AFC East and at least, you know, play at home for the first week. The problem with them, though, is I still just don't trust their defensive line, their defensive front, and now Tredavious White is obviously out for the rest mm-hmm. of the season, and that will kill them, you know, against the Tyree Kills of the world. So I would say Buffalo just because if Josh Allen plays like he did yesterday, you know, I think he was the best football player in the country yesterday, then they can beat anyone. But right now the Chiefs kind of look like they're in a class of their own in the AFC. Interesting. No mention of the uh, my, my lovely Indianapolis Colts there, uh, Brad. I, I do it. Not my Indianapolis Colts. But, Colson Wentz is not good. Well, that that's going to lead to my question. Like, can you get? We saw the 49ers get to a Super Bowl by kind of hiding Jimmy G at times in the playoffs. I'm just curious. Uh, I'm not a Carson Wentz believer, but with this offensive line healthy, uh, when a, whenever Darius Leonard returns because he's unvaccinated, he's out another game. But Jonathan Taylor offensive line, can they control clock? Uh, you know, just steamroll folks in the trenches and make a shocking run to the Super Bowl. I think they started 0-4 or 0-5, one of those two. Yeah, so, you know, I think I think Jeff basically answered the question for me. But I think on top of the fact that Wentz is just not a good quarterback right now, I think the biggest concern with them is that outside of Michael Pittman Jr., a wide receiver, they really just do not have good receiving options. And and I think it's something you can get away with during the regular season, but come playoff time against good opponents, as you mentioned before, these defenses are going to say, all right, we're going to take Michael Pittman Jr. out of this game. We'll put our top guy on him, or you know, we'll shadow a safety on top of him, whatever. Can they then beat us throwing to Ashton Doolin and Mo Alley Cox and Jack Doyle and, and a T.Y. Hilton who's not the same T.Y. Hilton? And the answer to that question, I think, is also just no. Can the Rams win the NFC with Matt Goff at quarterback? Because it feels like that is uh, he's, he's going to hold them back just like their former quarterback did. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, I, I still do think that Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback and, and can make things happen that Jared Goff simply cannot do. Can play outside of structure better. Can, you know, just create something out of nothing a lot better than Jared Goff can. So I think that'll matter and that'll help come playoff time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, he's looked bad for the last couple of weeks now. Uh, I mean, almost had the yips to look like yesterday after I want to say the second interception. Mm. He was kind of just afraid. He was afraid to even kind of let the ball go at, at a certain point. But nevertheless, I still do think they're going to find a way to right the ship there. The defense with that defensive line, Von Miller starting to look like Von Miller, um, can probably keep them in any game. And then as long as Stafford can kind of navigate some of those late game moments and and, and make some good plays instead of some bad ones. Interesting. Uh, Brad, I do want to ask about the kind of the quarterback musical chairs that may or may not go down this offseason. Russell Wilson in Seattle, they lost a game that they usually never lose against the Bears yesterday. I mean, they had the game basically locked up and totally blew it, ended up losing. No playoffs. Uh, Pete Carroll's, what, 75 years old? I mean, this team is going nowhere fast. And I'm just curious, it is early, but how do you handicap the Russell Wilson uh, situation in the offseason? 
You know, I really do think he is going to play for another team in, in week one of 2022. You know, I, I do not think he'll be a Seattle Seahawk. I would say one quick note about contracts, just because that is kind of my area, is, you know, the, the Seahawks restructured, basically, they cleared a bunch of cap space this, all, this past offseason on almost every single contract except for Russell Wilson's they did not touch. And the reason that you don't alter his deal is because you make it harder to trade him down the road. You make there be more dead cap when he leaves. And so they didn't do that, and I think they wanted to keep the window open that if they do go ahead and trade him away, they won't have as big of a penalty and a burden to overcome. And so, you know, that, that's before this season. Now this season progresses. It's obviously been a, a train wreck. I mean, yeah, yesterday to lose to the Bears at home, what was, you know, Nick Foles QB3 was really bad. I think the New Orleans Saints who were on his list of four teams he said he would be willing to go to. I think the New Orleans Saints will make a big push, hmm. try to bring him in there with, with Sean Payton, and I think that could be a, a something to monitor. Can they afford him, uh, given the salary cap, though? <laughs> yeah, so it, it's funny. The, the Saints are projected to be about $60 million over the ah. salary cap as of right now, but it's actually a pretty easy path forward. They can oh. restructure a bunch of deals, as they always do, um, and they can actually clear that money without cutting a single player. So... They can. They will. They can find a way to make it work. They have the draft capital. You know, they'll probably. I would have to give up two firsts just to get the conversation started. Um, but yeah, they can find a way to make it work. And I think make one last run with some of these. You know, Cam Jordan and Malcolm Jenkins and some of these older guys. Make one last run, maybe two last runs, and and then maybe kind of start over. Hmm. All you have to do, Jason, is is give Taysom Hill more millions of dollars. Yeah, cap space. How much did they give way. him, Jeff? They uh, didn't they get like four year deal. It's all fake money. It's, it's just it's just funny to talk about because Saints fans get really upset when we talk when we joke about Taysom Hill getting new deals. So if if Russell Wilson goes to New Orleans, what happens to Pittsburgh? Because they obviously need a quarterback next season. The draft. Everyone says Kenny Pickett should go there. Obviously, it makes sense considering he went to school in Pittsburgh. But what do the Steelers do? You know, I think they also have to get into this conversation. You can't have, you know, the highest paid defensive player in football. You can't make Minka Fitzpatrick one of the highest paid safeties. And, and you have these great young receiving options. You, you can't have that roster and not at least try to find a quarterback. You know, I think you call the Raiders and, and see if Derek Carr, maybe they don't want to extend him. Um, you maybe, you know, this probably won't go over well at Pittsburgh at all, but you maybe explore Kirk Cousins. I mean, I think you try to find someone that can run the offense if it is still Matt Canada's offense. Um, you know, it's it, it's comfortable with all all the all the horizontal things they do, and I think Kirk Cousins kind of makes sense for them. But nevertheless, I think they have to do something. Wow, Brad Spielberger drop! I mean, that's a stunner. First of all, I don't know how you get rid of Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, but uh, ooh, good stuff, Brad. Pro Football Focus NFL analyst, Brad. Enjoy enjoy uh, Monday Night Football tonight. Thank you. You too. All right, uh, coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, th- that, that to me, what he just said is stunning. Kirk Cousins could he be on the move? Uh, and Jeff, we do this all the time, right? Every single year, we get excited about quarterbacks all moving, and then how many end up moving? Like one or none? No, no, none of them. But because... is this the year finally? Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. No, Aaron could... Rodgers is one hundred percent going back to Green Bay. That, that's ooh. that's happening. Come on, everybody. He's not he, going anywhere else. He's going back to. Ooh, okay. I, I'll push back on that after this year. Jeff Schwartz, Jason McIntyre on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth 
absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on the Dan Patrick Show, it's me, Jason McIntyre, joined by Jeff Schwartz, former NFL offensive lineman. We do a uh, gambling show a couple times a week. And, Jeff, I don't even know how the picks went this past week. I do know teasers have been gold, right? I mean, we're both in the gambling contest where you have to pick five games a week. I think it's a $1,500 buy-in. Or maybe you're in a different one. but uh, I have have seven a week, yeah. Yeah, I have Miami tonight to close out my week. Uh, They're at Pick'em. The line was frozen. They freeze the lines Thursday. And, uh, Jeff, we haven't gotten much into Miami-New Orleans. Um, there's a lot of fantasy implications. A lot of people have started Miami's <laughs> defense tonight, facing yeah. the immortal Ian Book, former Notre Dame legend. Um, any early read on uh, Saints Dolphins tonight? No, it's it's just been one of those years where the things you expect to happen sort of don't happen. <laughs> so, like, we all expect Miami to go into New Orleans and dominate this game. And for good reason, right? I mean, Ian Book's their fourth quarterback. He wasn't terribly impressive at Notre Dame, so I don't know what would change now in the NFL. I mean, he's with a, a coach, a much you know, a much better offensive coach at least than he had in college. Um, and you know, the Alvin Kamara, and, and I think the offensive line is much healthier now. And the and Saints defense is good. And you know, there's a thought maybe, hey, the Saints defense can can take care of of Tua. Then there's a chance Ian Book just has to do a, a couple things right, just not kind of lose the game. Uh, but I do think it, it, that it's not a foregone conclusion that Miami just wins this game because Tua in that offense is very protected, right? They do a lot of RPOs and ways to just give him a half field read. And if it gets into a, a game where, you know, you're in third and long a bunch because you can't run the football and the Dolphins offensive line's not any good. I mean, like there's a chance the Saints can win this game, certainly, um, just with Ian Book doing the minimum possible. Yeah, it's one of those where you can never really truly trust the Miami Dolphins. I think they started one and seven, and now they've won six straight, right? I think, or one and six and one seven. Yeah, something yes. something along those lines. This is a fan base I have a real tortured relationship with Jeff because they want to defend Tua and say, "Oh, Tua's a guy. Give him some, give him a chance." And you know, Tua was largely garbage, and now in the last five or six games against real, real trash defenses, Tua has just lit him up. And by lit him up, I mean you know, two hundred fifty yards or something. Um, and it's like, oh, come on! Now he's now he's really showing who he is. It's like, okay, let me see what he can do against the Saints defense. Now, this remember, Jeff, you talked earlier. Um, it's a week to week league, so the Saints defense shut down Tom Brady last week. Um, but they have his number, Dennis Allen, working magic. Yeah. Dennis Allen should get interviews to be a head coach after what he's done to Tom Brady now for two years. That but being the Saints, said, Saints defense has been good all season, though. That's it's not been just good. It, it, it becomes great against Brady, right? Yes, it okay. does. There's something about and it. I, but like to pretend they haven't been good this year is not. Yeah, I, never, I, need, I, I need to that. look at the COVID situation on the defense. I know the offense has been impacted, the offensive line specifically, uh, which is not ideal. But um, it, it's tough for me to lay points with Tua on the road. Like, just stop for a second exactly. and say it out loud. Should <laughs> Tua be favored on the road with that offensive line? No, he shouldn't. Right. And, and so that is why I think, again, like to expect this to go like it should is not the way the NFL has been this season. And the Saints are a prideful team. And the Saints have won a lot of games with backup quarterbacks. And obviously, yeah. this is different than just having your number two or having Bridgewater. This is a situation where 
you have obviously uh, Ian Book in this spot. So I'm very curious to see how this game goes tonight. Obviously, huge playoff implications. Miami, with a win tonight, moves into that seven seed. And there's wow. like seven teams that are vying for that seven seed. It's pretty wild yeah. how close things are right now in the AFC. All right, we have two pieces of audio. Well, one for sure. Uh, I, I'm hoping we can get the Belichick one where uh, a, oh, a brave woman asked him about his New Year's resolution. Please get that. It, it, check on that. But, guys, he, so we talked at the outset about Washington's defensive ends, well, defensive linemen getting in a fight on the sideline. So they asked one of them about it afterward. Um, I think he said a bad word in there, so they bleeped that. But can we can we roll that? Oh, we don't have that one? Okay, we will get that one uh, shortly. Uh, the Washington... Uh, football team fighting on the sideline. The great quote, and we'll get the audio next segment for you, but Deron Payne versus Jonathan Allen, they called it brotherly love. Jeff Schwartz, did you have a younger brother or older? Yeah, Obviously but, you do, yeah, boy. Yes. yes. So this is my question. When you get set, uh, he says, you got brothers? You all fight, don't you? Poop happens. Uh, any good I'm, fights with your brother, uh, Mitch Jeff? And I, no, we never fought each other. So I don't know. I, don't, I mean... We also didn't play football and you know on the same team and weren't you know upset with the way that things were going because Washington was getting their butts whooped. Um, yeah. So again, like this is I think this is a lot to do about nothing. I mean, obviously it's it's good for radio, good for TV topics, but it's just it's two guys that were upset and you know had a local sideline confrontation. Like, I think it's I don't think it's much more than than that. Obviously, it's great to talk about and fun fun sports topic, but it's. It's just two dudes talking out, man. Two grown adults having a little conversation on the sidelines. A little conversation, a little uh, punch, a little point to the face. Don't put your finger on my head. Yeah, that, yeah. That, y- that's going to lead to something. Exactly, exactly. So I think the bigger concern is Washington's defense this year has really not been what has been advertised, right? And that's Ron Rivera's specialty. And if your defense can't play to that level, then there's questions, obviously, about about the coach. And I think Ron Rivera is easily the coach next year. That's not a concern. But his defense has got to play better next season. Yeah. There, there was a funny quote I heard. I'm not a huge getting fight guys. Uh, I've been, you know, on the fringe of a couple fights with buddies who were in fights. But uh, a guy once in our crew, it wasn't a good friend of mine. Someone was going to start something with him, and the guy just looks at him and says, "Don't start something you can't finish." And Jeff, it was one of those moments where the dude realized, like, oh, maybe I don't want to mess with this guy. You know, <laughs> fighting. Nobody wins a fight. Nobody wins a fight. You either get in trouble for hurting somebody or you get hurt. Uh, so I, I would just recommend standing down. New Year's Eve coming up. Jeff, I'm sure you guys have big plans, right? Uh, we did have big plans. Yeah. Um, it got a little bit derailed, but uh, yeah. hopefully we can we can still have fun at home. All right. All right, so uh, coming up, second hour, we're going to do a little more NFL. Quarterback roulette. Who the heck is quarterbacking next year?